Welcome to the HCI Family of Podcasts, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We share our own original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. Join us for practitioner-oriented content around all things leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with the HCI family of podcasts. Welcome to the podcast. In this podcast episode, I talk with Mark Willis about how to think differently about your money, the economy, and the future. Mark Willis, welcome to the conversation today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from the Chicago area. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about how to think differently about your money, the economy, and the future. And I have a wonderful guest today joining me. Mark Willis is a certified financial planner, a three-time number one best-selling author, the owner of Lake Growth Financial Services, a financial services firm in Chicago, and co-host of the Not Your Average Financial podcast. Over the years, he has helped hundreds of his clients take back control of their financial future and build their businesses with proven tax-efficient financial solutions unknown to most financial gurus. He has become known as not your average financial planner. Uh, I love that. I love your background. Uh, anything, Mark, you would like to highlight by way of your background, personal context before we dive on to this conversation? Yeah, no one's um, saying I got a silver spoon in my hand when I was growing up. I certainly entered into my adult life with six figures of student loan debt and no plan to pay it off. Uh, since then, we've been able to wipe clean the debt and not just pay it off the old-fashioned way, but actually helped it become the catalyst for our future wealth accumulation and uh, become better than debt-free. And I've had the great privilege now as a certified financial planner of working with clients all over the country. A lot of them are you know, business owners, real estate investors, you know, people who are looking for more control and certainty in their overall portfolio and don't want to just leave it to some investment guru. Uh, and mm -hmm. so that's become, mm -hmm. I guess, my calling card is helping clients uh, who already want some more certainty and control and access to their money, find particular strategies that help them do just that. Yeah, certainty and control uh, it seems like a bit of an oxymoron in the current um, climate that we're in. Um, but there are strategies you can use to kind of even out like the ups and downs, right? And to to have a little bit more of a semblance of preparation uh, for an uncertain future. And, you know, most listeners to this podcast, you know, they're focusing in on the, the organizational issues that they're facing. Um, but we have lots of solopreneurs, entrepreneurs that tune in who are, you know, dealing with these types of issues on a regular basis. And I suspect even those uh, who are in C-suite or middle management uh, roles within large firms, you know, are still grappling with financial issues within their organizations and trying to grapple with and understand the nature of the economy today and how that contributes or detracts from the work we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish. Uh, so I think this will just be a fun conversation today as we unpack, you know, some of the strategies and some of the, the ways we can shift our mindset to help us navigate uncertain times. 
Um, you know, I, I think back to uh, the start of the pandemic. And I mean, even predating that, you can go back to uh, 2008 during the financial crisis. You know, there's always these cyclical ups and downs um, in the economy, but then there are also these catalyst events that also cause um, challenge. I was actually, I, I reflect on this from time to time. Uh, I was actually at a conference with my wife in Vegas um, during those days in 2008, when, um, the bank started to fail and like day after day of like massive declines in the stock market. And I just remember looking at it, watching the news at night and just thinking, oh my gosh, what is going on? It's got to rebound tomorrow. And it just didn't, it just kept on diving and diving and diving and banks closing. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, now, you know, that, that was a once in a generation, hopefully once in a century kind of an event. Um, but, then you have COVID and you have um, the uncertainty in the market around that time period. And the reality is there will be other disruptions, whether it's a pandemic or a financial, um, you know, a housing crash or whatever, like there, there's going to be various, uh, various catalysts that will move us into periods of uncertainty. Um, so let's start there. And what does that mean for how we approach, you know, the finances, whether it's personal finances or finance finances within our business. I think it's great that you've mentioned kind of some background there. And you're right to say that it's probably not done. You know, is is there a bell that's rung whenever the market is done with being volatile? No, <laughs> it's never done. It's like a roller coaster that just keeps going and going and going. And it's thrilling in your early years. And it becomes, you know, uh, nauseating in your retirement years. The biggest problem is not when you go up the mountain, it's when you come back down. I'll tell you a quick mm -hmm. story. I was I was riding, doing some dirt bike riding, um, mountain biking with my buddy uh, on some nearby mountains and not in Illinois. There are none, there are no mountains in Illinois. So we had taken this trip out to Wyoming. We were doing this mm -hmm. downhill mountain biking. And anyway, going up the ski lift was this peaceful, serene experience. Quiet, mm -hmm. you could hear birds chirping. You're watching people riding their bikes below you. It's a lot of fun. It's relaxing. And then you get off the, the ski lift and now you're riding that bike, hitting the, the dirt, hitting the rocks, hitting the roots. I end up flipping over my handlebars and break my wrist and go to the ER. Oh. None of that um, should be surprising to you because I'm such a bad uh, downhill mountain biker and I was trying to keep up with my buddy. But it's a reminder. It's an analogy of how the financial life of most of us really work. While we're working our day jobs, our uh, 401ks, our IRAs are, are just bouncing around in the markets, but we can't feel it because we are, we're cushioned by our paychecks. Then we retire. And now we're off the ski lift and we're going back down Mount Retirement, spending that money as we can. And when the market crashes and we are also going to spend that money for groceries and grandkids... That 401k is, assumes a double pain, a double pain. The market's vaporizing our wealth, and we're also removing money at the same time. Uh, one of the strategies, and this has you know, been recently touted by the investment group Ernst & Young, mm -hmm. uh, they actually brought that if you incorporate, if you replace the bonds in your portfolio, which have been pummeled the last 24 months, if you replace the bonds in your portfolio with uh, cash value life insurance, as an example, mm. you can increase your yield, you can increase the income that you can take off your retirement, 
you can decrease the volatility, decrease the standard deviation, uh, and increase the likelihood of a successful retirement. That's just replacing bonds with cash value life insurance. Now, most people kind of scratch their head at that and they're like, what do you mean life insurance? How can life insurance be incorporated into my retirement? Don't you have to die to win with life insurance? Um, and this was one of the shocks of my you know, young adult life is that no, there is this other kind, besides term insurance, there's this other kind of life insurance that has cash value associated with it. And if it's developed properly, it can provide some liquidity, security, uh, even guarantees. The cash value itself grows guaranteed. So it's totally off of the market roller coaster. I like to say that you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. But you also don't want it in in 12 baskets on the same truck. Most people right. have their eggs in 12 baskets, 12 different mutual funds, whatever. But it's all riding on the same truck. And if that truck goes off a cliff, well, then what good was the, were those 12 baskets? Let's put some money in non-correlated assets, another truck. One of those might be whole life insurance. Maybe there's other you know, forms of you know, annuity contracts or real estate or some other things as well that gets that money, not just diversified in the markets, but really, truly categorically diversified so that you can even protect yourself against an all market downturn like we saw in 2008. We, we were in that situation. It was probably 15 years ago or so. It, it, actually, I know exactly when it was. It was right during the 2008 financial crash. Um, that's that's when we uh, exp- started exploring um, whole life and the, the cash value life insurance. Uh, and uh, and we've had that ever since. And again, I, that wouldn't be my sole approach to preparing for retirement, um, but it's been a nice, you know, complementary part of our you know, plan and our package moving forward. And the whole point was exactly what you just said to remove some, some of the volatility uh, in what the markets were doing um, so that we had some sense of, you know, stability amidst the chaos. Uh, And, and I know, you know, what that mix will look like is going to be different for everyone, depending on what your goals are and et cetera. But, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to, to reinforce that as a, a potential option for people. And I like your analogy of, of not putting everything in different baskets on the same truck uh, because uh, when, when the markets are hurting, it, it doesn't really matter. You know, you can be diversified a bunch across a bunch of stocks, a, a bunch across a bunch of different um, mutual funds or whatever, and it's still going to be hurting. Um, and so finding mm-hmm. ways to, to diversify beyond that is, it can be very helpful, not, not just personally. So I just gave the example of my, my family and our own personal um, long-term investments, but within business as well. And as you're thinking about cash flow issues within your business, let's again, suggest, or, or say that we're talking right now about solopreneurs or entrepreneurs. Um, you know, you have to think through a lot of the same things in terms of your cash flow, in terms of uh, the resources you have, the investments that you have, and what that means ongoing. And and just like an individual can take a big hit in an economic downturn, certainly companies and, and uh, small businesses do as well. That's exactly right. And, and again, not to beat that drum, but uh, let's think about what, what is it that causes a business to suffer or even go bankrupt? It's typically liquidity, and it's typically bank financing. Uh, because, you know, no one is able to make those bank payments when the markets are crashing and when customers stop returning your calls. And, you know, it's very, it's very scary time for a lot of entrepreneurs. And, you know, I don't know what's 
what the market's doing when you're listening to this podcast or watching this podcast, I can tell you that the uncertainty that you feel as you're listening to this is the uncertainty that's been felt by entrepreneurs and, and business owners since day one, since time immemorial. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so liquidity is key. I don't think we put too high a, a price or a value. We need to put a higher value on liquidity. It has its own, you know, you might say rate of return. Liquidity has its own value or its own rate of return. It might be only earning a few percentage points wherever it's sitting. But if you have liquid piles of money from which to survive, if it's a downturn, or even take advantage of opportunities, uh, you know, I use my cash value life insurance policy, whole life insurance to invest in real estate. I use Mm -hmm. it to invest in my business. Having that liquid pool of money is, again, it's a counterweight to your risk assets. If you've got big pile of liquid money over here on this side of your barbell, then you can lift the other side of your barbell, which might be, you know, your business investments or your speculatives or things that really are, you know, further out on the risk spectrum. And it gives you that assurance that, you know, Hey, you've got that liquid money. You can take that risk. You can leave your day job. You can help send your kid to college, whatever that Mm -hmm. liquidity need might be. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. Well, Mark, I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go here in a few minutes, but why don't we start to wrap things up? And if you can give some a few suggestions, perhaps, you know, one, two, even three things that anyone listening should be thinking about as they're moving forward amidst an uncertain economy and the shifting nature of the workplace. Wow. Yeah. You know, there's a lot that we cannot control. And a lot of people have noted that it sort of feels like you're just a, a tennis ball floating down the gutter of life. I don't like that feeling and I don't want that for my clients. So find out what you want your money doing for you. That would be my first thing. And that might just be my first bit of homework. You might say that might just be grab a legal pad or, you know, an app on your phone and just start writing out specifically verbs or adjectives, not nouns. I don't care if it's a CD or a savings account or a 401k or a hedge fund. Focus less on the nouns, more on the verbs and the adjectives. I want it, let's just make a list to get you started here. I want my money to grow predictably. Uh, I want it to have low fees so that no one else is getting wealthy off my back. I want it to be tax-free when I access the money. I want it to be a source of collateral if I need to get a bank loan or another type of loan. I want it to be private so that it's not getting you know, um, brought up in in some sort of lawsuit or, or bankruptcy court, God forbid, or anything like that. I want it private and off the court's records, you might say. So that's just a short list. I mean, we, you and I could have another call talking about just that list, but that'd be our first bit of homework, you might say. Second is figure out what you're saving because your savings rate is more important than your rate of return. Hmm. So I could, let's say you and I are both, let's just say we're both making hundred grand a year. And let's say that I can only save 3% of my money, but I'm doing 100% rate of return on some crazy crypto stock. So that means I'm I'm putting away 3,000 plus doubling to six grand, okay? You're still making 100 grand a year, but you can save 10% of your money, but you just put it in a tin can in the backyard, (laughs) earning 0%, right? But you, because of your savings rate, you saved 10 grand. I could only scratch together six grand with crazy amounts of risk. So it's all about the savings rate. And that's one thing you can control is in, in, us, in essence, you can increase your savings rate. Now, 
try doing that one percentage at a time. One percentage per quarter is a great, um, maybe a doable strategy. Increase that savings rate by one percentage per quarter. I see our time, so I'll, I'll keep it to two takeaways. Maybe the last quick takeaway, uh, self, uh, shameful uh, self-promotion. Check out our podcast if you'd like to learn more about mm. some of these strategies. Uh, you can find us wherever you're listening to this podcast at notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com. Wonderful. Yeah, and Mark, we've only scratched the surface here. There's so much more uh, depth we could go into on this, but thankfully you have a podcast where you go into these topics in great depth. So I would definitely encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Mark and his team can do for you. Check out that podcast. And thank you for the conversation today. I hope everyone will think carefully about their investment strategies, both for their, you know, their individual, their home, um, you know, in family life, but also in the workplace and in the organizations you lead and support. Uh, these are very important uh, things to think about. Not always the funnest thing to, to think about, um, but but vital. So thank you, Mark. And I hope everyone will be able to stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the podcast. We hope you stay healthy and safe and please join us again soon.